Good morning, North Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Ryan McClelland, and I am thrilled that you are here with us today. In just a moment, the North Church band is going to come out and lead us in a few songs, and then one of the North Church teachers is going to come out and share with us a message from the Bible that's going to help us grow deeper in our relationship with the Lord and challenge us to take steps closer to Christ. If you'd like to have more answers to your questions about what's going on here at North Church, find us online at northchurch.net. There you can scroll to the bottom of the homepage and click on e-bulletin and see all the things happening throughout the life of our church. All in all, service today is going to last for right about 60 to 70 minutes or so. And if after service you have any questions, stop out in the lobby at the Info Center. There we have happy volunteers that would love the opportunity to connect with you and help you take your next steps. Also, check out the coffee bar. There we have a huge variety of hot drinks and cold drinks and tasty pastries for your enjoyment, and it's all supported by your generosity. If you've been coming to North Church for any length of time now, you've heard about Rooted. Rooted is a powerful 10-week journey where you and another small group of individuals get the chance to go together and take steps closer to Christ by reaching out to the community, by learning how to pray, finding out what God's purpose is for you, for the church, and the community. Registration closes tomorrow, so don't miss out on this opportunity. And if you'd like to sign up right now today, stop out in the lobby after service. We can help you. Here at North Church, we have a huge heart for helping moms connect together and sharing this incredible parenting journey together. And starting in January, we're going to have our new Mops season begin. But right now, we're in the fundraising and planning stages, and we are asking for your participation. On September 17th, right here at the church, out in the parking lot at the greenhouse, we are collecting 13-gallon bags full of your donations. Things like clothing, hats, books, seats. CDs, DVDs, kitchen gadgets, toys, and more. We're going to be collecting these things, and that way we can raise funds to help cover some of the costs for that ministry starting in January. Thank you so much for participating in this, and you can find all of the acceptable items right now on the North Church website underneath events. Look for the Mops Fun Drive. Young adults, 18 to 25 year olds, this one is for you. You're not going to want to miss the Hangout, which is right after the 11 o'clock service on Sunday, September. September 17th, we are inviting you to come to a potluck. There's going to be a pool, there's going to be games, chances for you to connect with others and learn more about what happens here at the church. Now, it's not here at North Church. The address is on the website under the events part of the page, so go check that out. And if you have any questions, reach out to Pastor Kenny or Pastor Nate. They'll get you all the details you need. Those are all the announcements that we have for you today. And if after service you're in need of prayer, please step forward. Members of our church and members of our prayer team would love the opportunity to agree with you in prayer. Also, right now on your mobile device, check into North Church on Facebook. Every five check-ins right now helps provide books for a library that's used by our church planters in Indonesia to help share the gospel. Thank you so much for participating in this and helping things happen all over the world right here from Spokane. Well, right now we're going to sing. Would you please stand?
Good morning, everybody. When you woke up this morning, tell me you didn't look out your window and went, yes, smoke free. <laughs> going to be a good day. Going to be a good day. Hey, we want to welcome you, especially if you're new or newer to the church. Glad you're here. I would love to meet you directly after the service, right under that monitor at something that we call First Connect. Uh, and what we do is just hang out for a couple moments, get to know each other, and I'll give you a couple of ways you can get better connected here at the church. But hey, before we jump into this fun service we have planned today, I want to invite you just to turn around, greet somebody, uh, introduce yourself to somebody you haven't met before, would you? Welcome again, or if you're watching through Facebook Live, we're glad you're with us this morning. Hey, I wanted to remind you that today's the last day to sign up for Rooted. Rooted is our 10-week discipleship journey here at the church, and uh, if, uh, if you haven't gone through that yet, this is the perfect time to do it. You'll need to sign up today, though. It starts on Tuesday, and uh, it is a perfect way, though, to get connected with other friends, uh, to meet people, to grow spiritually. Whether you're brand new at walking with Jesus or whether you've been a Christian for a long time, Rooted is a great way to connect with God, connect with your church community, and connect with your own purpose as to why God gave you gifts and He wants you to use those in serving other people. So uh, we just encourage you to do that. Matter of fact, we also, this session, have Rooted Kids. So uh, if you have children and you want to put them in uh, a kids' ministry on Tuesday night, we have uh, them going through basically the same experience, but at a kid level uh, for Rooted Kids. So it's going to be a great opportunity. Don't miss out on that. Hey, and then I want to invite Andrea Barr to come on up. Andrea is one of our newer pastors here on our church staff. And uh, so this is Andrea. You'll hear from Andrea in just a moment, um, a little, little later, right? I can't unveil that yet, though. But um, but anyways, Andrea actually graduated from Life Bible College in San Dimas, California, worked down there in a church in the inner city of L.A., and then has worked with us for a couple years as well. And it, most recently, uh, she's been working in our kids' ministry at, and, and became one of our pastors a couple months ago. And we are just super excited to have her on our pastoral team and I, I was thinking about, um, as we're going to pray for her in just a moment, thinking about Ephesians chapter 4, where the Apostle Paul said it was he, Jesus, who gave gifts. He appointed some to be apostles, others to be prophets, others to be evangelists, others to be pastors and teachers. He did this to prepare all God's people for the work of Christian service in order to build up the body of Christ. And Andrea, you are a gift given by Jesus to us as a church. And uh, your call as a pastor is seen in so many different ways, in the way that you equip people, invest in people, build up the body of Christ. And uh, I'm, I'm just excited to see how God's going to use you in, in the months and the years to come. So I want to invite us as a church family to receive Andrea as one of our pastors and to pray for her and pray for her blessing that she would equip us to do the work of Christian service. Well, let's stand up together, and uh, we are going to pray over her as we kick off our service as well. Lord, thank you for Andrea. Lord, that uh, you have given her to us as a gift. And Lord, what a privilege it is to invest in young and up-and-coming pastors, to see them develop and grow and be released in the body of Christ and in the world. And today, Lord, we just receive her ministry, and we receive her as one of the team members uh, of our pastoral team and pray, Lord, that you would continue to anoint her ministry, bless her, Lord, continue to grow her into uh, the minister you want her to be. 
And Lord, we just thank you so much for this day. And we worship you now in spirit and in truth. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Appreciate you.
moon and stars, they wept. The morning sun was dead. The savior of the world was falling. His body on the cross, his blood poured out for us. The weight of every curse upon
something powerful when you lift your hands and praise to God. It's interesting that you don't have that ability to hold on when you let go and when you worship and when you give whatever it is you're struggling with this morning to God and just say, Lord, open my hands to you. I can't solve it on my own. I'm giving it to you right now. Would you do that in prayer? That as we wait on God, we open up our hands and we give to him those things we try to control and try to hold on to, whether it's a person or a loss, whether it's a financial issue, just give it to God. Here it is, Lord. Now I'm waiting on you. Waiting on your answer. Waiting on you to deliver. Waiting on you, God, to speak. Waiting on you to heal. Waiting on you, God. While I wait, I will worship. I want to invite you just to spend some time praying right now. Remember those in Florida. Remember those that are struggling around our country with natural disaster. Just listen to the Spirit and pray as He leads you in prayer this morning. God, we bring these needs and these cares to you, confident of your care, thankful for your grace and your mercy upon us, thankful that we can entrust them to you and ask that you would be deeply at work in every case, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings here uh, in just a second, and as we get ready to do that, I was just reflecting as we are praying for Andrea up here and thinking through... Um, the privilege God has given us as a church to uh, invest in the lives of leaders to help them grow in faith, to help them grow in their leadership, and to launch them uh, into making a huge difference in the world. And that's true of people who are on our staff at the church level. It's true of our pastors, I think. But also, I think one of the things that's great about us as a church is that's true of every person here in the church, that God calls us to make an impact, to leave a footprint to grow in our leadership and make a difference in the world. That's part of what we do. And as we receive our tithes and offerings this morning, just want to reinforce that part of what we give towards is people becoming the ministers and the leaders that God calls them to be. And that's not just the staff. Like I said, it's true of the leaders and volunteers who are right now downstairs with our kids. It's true of the leaders who are 
growing and, and leading ministries throughout the week. It's a huge part of what we get to do, and we're super grateful for that. So God bless those of you who continue to give so faithfully and so generously. Let's go ahead, have the ushers come forward and receive our tithes and our offerings this morning. And as they do, uh, we're going to do something just a, a little bit different today in terms of our general format. You, you've probably already noticed these fine people up here. They'll be sharing with us uh, kind of throughout the morning as we talk about the Lord's Prayer. And that's going to be really, really good. One of the things that I think I, that I would just want to say is we are privileged as a church to have one of the greatest church staffs I've ever seen or ever had the privilege to be a part of. That's really, really true. And one of the things that happens when you have a great church staff is that you've got great people doing things all over the place. And the folks that you're going to be hearing from this morning are regularly doing things that you may not even know. You may not even recognize behind the scenes that that's how they're leading. That's how they're playing out God's calling on their life. Um, and, and in many cases, as with many of our leaders, they have way more to offer than we have opportunities for them to give, right? And so these people here, you maybe don't see them up here on the platform speaking tons, but I'm super excited that you get to hear from them today because... Uh, because they have something to offer that we need to hear, and I'm excited for them and for that opportunity. We're familiar with the Lord's Prayer, right? It's something that we've heard quite a bit, um, but just in case uh, it's not at front of mind for you, in Matthew 6, Jesus is uh, he's right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and he comes to this section on prayer, and he begins telling the people, don't, don't let prayer become just this routine thing. Don't just think because you keep repeating the same prayer over and over, God's going to listen. Don't think that because you get the words just right or you do it a certain way. That's not really what God's interested in. And he comes and he says, instead of all that, he says, this then is how you should pray. That's his introduction. And, and this is the Lord's Prayer, which then provides a great model for how we're all to pray. And that's what we're going to be hearing about. But before we start, let me just read the Lord's Prayer to us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. My prayer this morning is that as we uh, hear God's word exposited and taught, that God will light up something in your heart and that you will be um, inspired and challenged and empowered to take new and deeper steps in your prayer life as well. So let's get this thing kicked off with Zach. All right. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so my name is Zach Mead, and I am the creative arts pastor here at North Church. Um, people always ask me, they come up to me, and they're like, what do you do at the church? And I always respond with, well, I'm a 30-year-old man who gets to pretend like he's 18. It's great. I wish I could tell you how many jokes about skinny jeans I get. Um, yeah. Anyways... I lead our creative musicians and our creative tech team, and it's just a pleasure. We have so many amazing people. I love doing it. It's awesome. If you ever want to know what it's like to lead large groups of creative people, just picture having and coming up with this really great idea, and then picture everyone thinking they have pretty much a better idea than you do, and that's kind of how it is. No, not really, but kind of joking. Um, but hey, I'm going to kick this thing off. We are talking about the Lord's Prayer, so I'm starting with the first little piece, which is, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So I'm going to break that down into two pieces. The first part where it says, Our Father who art in heaven. When I read this, it reminds me that God is our Father, that we are his sons and we are his daughters. He loves us as if you would love a child. And he's a God who is in heaven. He's the God of the universe. He sees everything. He knows everything. He sees us, and he loves us. And then there's that second part, hallowed be thy name. And hallowed is just an older word for the word holy, which is something that is sacred. 
So God's name is holy. His name is sacred. And we should pray as such. When I was a younger kid, I would go over to some friend's house. And every night that I was there, we'd have dinner together. And they'd, they'd gather us together at the dinner table. And they'd pray the same prayer every time right before. And we'd all pray, God is good. God is great. Thank you for this food. Amen. And it was the same thing every time. I mean, it got to the point where I was like chuckling a little bit, like the same thing every time. And it was this, it just became this routine, this just religious kind of practice. And as I was kind of, you know, thinking about it and laughing about it, at the same time, I was also a little bit convicted because, I mean, how often do we get into this prayer mode in our prayer lives where we say the same things sometimes or we do the same things without even really thinking about it. I mean, there's, there are literally times where we, we sit around the dinner table and we pray or I'm in a devotional time and I pray and I get to the end of the prayer and I'm like, what, the, what did I just say? What the heck is going on? And I don't want that to be the way I pray to the God of the universe. I started to change the way, the way I prayed when I read out of the book of Revelation where John sees God for the very first time. And when he sees him, he describes him. And he doesn't describe him as just this normal flesh and blood being. But he describes him as diamonds and rubies and that there was fire and lightning and thunder and a hundred million angels and this massive expansive being. And as I read this, I think, what if I was coming into this being's presence for the very first time, what would I say? How would I pray? What would you say, picturing that? I mean, we probably wouldn't just, I mean, if you think about some of the prayers that you say, right, and in that perspective, it's almost funny, isn't it? Like, like, hey, God, um, I don't have a lot of time. Uh, I got to go. Can you, like, bless me or something? All right, see ya. I mean, I don't think that's how we would do it if we we're actually in this person's presence, right? We would be very precise with our words. We'd be very careful about what we said. And we would come in with honor and reverence. And so when we picture that, that's how we should pray every time. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So this week as you pray, I want to encourage you to pray that way. Picture the God of the universe as you come into his presence and see what it does to your prayer life this week. All right? Thanks, guys. Next up. Thank you, Zach. So my name is Olivia. I'm the early childhood director here at North Church, and one of my favorite parts of my role is that I get to pour into the little ones of the church, your little ones, and empower volunteer teams to do the same. So the next part of the prayer is, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. This part of the prayer is one of my favorites, because it reveals to us that we are meant to continually pray for God's will to be done which means asking him for his kingdom, his reign, and his glory to fill the earth. When we pray this, we are submitting to his sovereignty, power, and plans. It helps us remember that God's way is always best. It is challenging to pray this, though, because it's not really what our flesh wants to say, right? Our flesh would rather say, my kingdom come, my will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, in my house, in my car, on the sports field, wherever I'm at, I want to be king and I want to reign, right? But the Lord's Prayer says the exact opposite. It helps us invite him in to have his way in our lives. So you may be here today and thinking something along the lines of, you really don't like your job and you want to quit. Maybe God is stretching you in this season and helping you depend on him more. And perhaps he's calling you to pray something like, God, you know I really don't like my job and I really want to quit. But let your kingdom come and your will be done. 
Or maybe you're thinking about what your next steps are and getting plugged into the church. Maybe that rooted thing sounds pretty awesome, but you look at your calendar and you're like, there's no way. I have business meetings, sporting events, projects. I can add one more thing. And maybe God is calling you to pray something like, God, you know I'm busy, and I know you're prompting my heart to get plugged into the church, and I have no idea how it's going to work out, but let your kingdom come and your will be done. You see, when we pray like this, it helps us focus on God's kingdom. It inspires us to look beyond the kingdoms we have created for ourselves and into the true kingdom that will last forever. So another reason I find this challenging, not just because it's what my flesh doesn't want to say, but just because I just always think I'm plain right all the time. Like, who else is with me? Anybody? Just, thank you. First service, they were like, mm -mm, not me. Um, <laughs> so I've been married for a few uh, months now, and my husband has quickly learned the three most valuable words he could say to me. They are, you are right. <laughs> and I love it, but I'm not always right. God is always right. And the, I remember last year, we taught a bottom line uh, truth to our toddlers, and it stuck with me. Um, it said, God's way is always perfect. And that resonates, whether you're two or 62. So when we pray for God's will to be done, we are confessing that he knows best and that his ways are best. So as I pray, I remember these words of the Lord's Prayer, and I lay my will at his feet, and I truly ask for his will to be done. Want to know why? Because God has really great ideas. Actually, he has the best ideas for his people and his creation. So this week as you pray, I want to encourage you, pray for God's will to be done instead of your own. And then... Give a listening ear to how he may respond. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Andrea, and I am, I get the opportunity to serve in the kids' ministry as one of the kids and family pastors. And I get to serve alongside an incredible team of volunteer leaders. And we just get to hang out and love on your kids and I have such a blast in that classroom. Um, we do a lot of fun things, but I'm excited to be up here with you guys. You all seem pretty fun, too. Um, the section that I get to talk to you about today is, give us this day our daily bread. And in this portion of the scripture, Jesus is actually pointing back to the Old Testament when the Israelites had escaped out of Egypt. And they were wandering around the desert, grumbling about needing food. They were hungry. And it says, the Lord heard their grumbling and provided manna for them. Now, this was not just a one-time thing. Every day for 40 years, the Israelites woke up in the morning, and they went outside, and they trusted that God would provide that manna for them. Now, manna is similar to what we would consider bread today. And when Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, he's actually making a representation of our human needs in the simplest of forms. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not praying for a loaf of bread. Um, a lot of times we're trying to stay away from the carbs. I don't know. <laughs> but, but like the Israelites, we do have needs in our life. And Jesus is telling us to come to him with those needs and trust him with those needs. Because God wants to provide for us and he wants us to trust him with that. Now, how does this get into our prayer life? How do we incorporate this into our prayer life? Well, I'm going to break it down into three Simple steps. Step one, ask God what your needs are. These may be obvious for you. Um, for the Israelites, it was very obvious. Their tummies were growling. They physically needed food and water to survive. Now, not all of us, they're that obvious. Some of us need healing from a broken relationship that we've been in. Maybe we need patience with a coworker at work or maybe even our children. I don't know. Um, maybe you've just gotten the worst news and you need comfort from Jesus. Whether your needs are obvious or whether you need God to point them out, he knows all of our needs, so ask him what they are. Step two, pray for it. I love that this passage is not a question. There's nothing timid about it. It's a statement. We've asked God what our needs are, so now we get to pray boldly for the things that he's shown us. 
Step three, remember it. Now, I get it. Coming to the Lord and trusting him with our provisions and even remembering to come daily to the Lord in prayer can be difficult. But that's why step three is so important. Because the more times you can point back and say, I prayed and God provided, the easier it becomes to develop that habit of going to the Lord daily in prayer for your needs. Back in our story about the Israelites, um, the Lord told them to collect the manna, put it in a jar, and save a little bit of it for the generations to come so that they could point back and say, God provided for us here. I have this journal from back in junior high or high school. I'm not really sure. And um, in the front of it is a list of prayer requests. And the point of making a list of prayer requests was so that I could see how God had answered those prayers and how he had provided for me. And as silly and as simple and as embarrassing as they are now reading them back, they were big and they were life-changing for me because as I grew older, I started to pray more. And I started to trust God more for my provisions because I could remember what he had done for me and how he had already provided for me. I asked Kenny, my husband, the other day, we were sitting in the car and he said, hey, do you have trouble trusting God for our provisions? And he's like, no, not really. And I said, me neither. And um, I think because God has provided for us, now, not always in the way we expected, but he's never not provided for us when we've asked. We sat there in the car and we reminisced about all the crazy and miraculous ways God had provided for us and it encouraged us right now in our life to be trusting and to be prayerful about our needs in our life. It gets easier to trust the Lord when you're able to remember the times he's already provided. So, to recap, step one, ask God what your needs are. Step two, pray for them boldly. And step three, remember, so that tomorrow we can pray even more boldly for the Lord to give us this day our daily bread. Thanks. Hi, my name is Kenny Barr. I'm the junior high pastor here at North Church. I'm sorry I couldn't be with you this morning as I am up at Priest Lake on a young adult small group retreat. However, I'm super excited to be talking with you on this next part of the Lord's Prayer about forgiveness. In verse 12, it says to forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. You see, Jesus kind of breaks, breaks down forgiveness in this two parts right here. And part one is how we need to ask forgiveness for ourselves. What I love about Jesus, he cares about you. He cares about your soul, your path, and your walk with him. And whenever we sin, we start straying from that path. And forgiveness is us getting back into alignment with him. In the Old Testament, the high priest would once a year go into the holies of holies and pray for the forgiveness of Israel's nation. But part of that process of getting into the holies of holies where God's presence was, part of that process was him taking the time and sacrificing and asking forgiveness for himself. You see, the high priest would have to look inside him and say, hey, God, forgive me first. I love this because God is saying in this verse 12, he says, man, first you got to look and ask forgiveness for yourself. But before you got to do that, you have to be honest with yourself about your relationship with God and, and, and really honest about what sin is in your life. Because the moment you start asking forgiveness for yourself, that gets you back into alignment with God. Then we see that second part is always about forgiveness for others. When we ask for forgiveness to others, it's us after taking that time of looking inside, looking outside and forgiving those who have hurt us, who have wronged us, so that we, we can forgive them. In Matthew 5, Jesus says, Leave your gift in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to him. Then come and offer your gift. Jesus shows us that it's important to reconcile with your neighbors before you even go and worship him. I think that's super important. So that next step after you've looked inside is then to go outside and say, God, I need to forgive those people who've hurt me. I know for me, kind of growing up and being in my life right now, that it's easy to say, I forgive you, but also another to actually mean it. 
It's kind of like that kid who hurts his sibling and the parents say, hey, go say you're sorry. It's, it's one thing when they say, I'm sorry, and roll their eyes, and another for them to actually mean it. I know when someone hurts me, there's a, there's a difference when I say, I forgive you, and actually acting it out. But when I come to this verse, I start to realize, man, once I've asked God, God, please forgive me for the sin I've done against you, Father, that my heart tends to soften, and it tends to make me want to forgive others. So that way, when I say, I actually forgive you, it's not just words, but I'm actually taking that weight of resentment, hurt, and anger off my shoulders and giving it away and say, no, I really do. I forgive you just like God has forgiven me. So I want to, I want to encourage you this week. Take some time. Ask forgiveness for yourself. Ask God, forgive me for the sin that I've caused you and get back in alignment with him. And after you've done that, Take some time and forgive those who have hurt you. Take that weight off your shoulders of bitterness, resentment, and walk free. My name is Pastor Colin. I am the adult discipleship pastor here at North Church. Uh, I'm going to give you one more rooted plug because we get to say what we do here. So... I love plugging people into Rooted. Today is your last day to get signed up. So get signed up, get in there. And the reason I love Rooted and love seeing people plug in is it's an amazing opportunity to plug in and to gain community here at North Church and to gain a community that will, that will support you and walk, walk with you through life. And then I love seeing how these people in our church, individuals and groups, pour out into our community and make a tangible difference. It is, it's a special thing and it is something that's an honor to witness uh, both firsthand and then uh, just hearing stories from our church. So I have the next part of the Lord's Prayer, and it is lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Can you raise your hand if you uh, maybe have felt tempted before? There we go. So yeah, that's way better than the 9 a.m. service. There was like three people over there at the 9. So um, we would all say, I have been tempted, and I am and I, I could, with, with probably a very short amount of time of thinking about our lives, we could say, this is what I'm tempted by, and this is the sin that many times the temptation leads to. And, and we know that we all have some weakness when it comes to temptation, when it comes to sin. And I want to talk about that, and I want to kind of lay out some of what temptation is and what it's not. And one of the things that temptation is not is it's not from God. God does not tempt us. And it says in James uh, chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. So it's true that, that we need to stay away from sin. We need to, as, as believers, run from sin and get as far away as we can to avoid temptation. But temptation in itself is not a sin. The other thing that this verse shows us is it shows us who can deliver us. Right? The, the verse says, lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. It, it's not saying, when you feel temptation, turn inwards and you will be delivered. It's saying, look to God, look to Jesus to be delivered from sin. And so as we sin and as we, as we are in moments of temptation and we're, we're tempted and sin is potentially coming, we need to look not inwards, but we need to look up at the Lord for this. And this is one of those topics that it's a hard thing to talk about. It's a temptation is not is not easy. It's something that's a continual struggle. And, and many of us will say, yeah, I'm struggling with this sin and I feel tempted by this. And what I want to do is I want to I want to leave us with something that says, here's a way to look at temptation. And here's something I heard years ago. And it, it's this, it's um, that temptation is not a sin. Temptation is an opportunity. So temptation is an opportunity to either worship or sin. So once again, temptation is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to either worship or to sin. And when we overcome temptation, and when temptation comes and we overcome it, we, if we worship in that moment, that means we have looked to the Lord. The Lord has, has delivered us. The Lord has helped us from sinning in that moment. And if we sin when temptation comes, then we have turned away from God. And we have, we have walked the other way. We have moved away from the Lord. And the Lord wants to forgive us. The Lord wants to 
welcome us into relationship, and, and that's what he does. But temptation is an opportunity. And so what I want to encourage us to do is I want to encourage us to pray when temptation comes. I want to encourage us to pray, and I want us to worship in that moment. And even though that moment may be hard, I want us to turn to God when temptation comes and turn um, and look at God and, and count on him um, in that moment versus looking inwards in our own strength. So Pastor Scott is going to come up. He's going to finish us out here. Right, so you can see what I mean when I say we have got a really great staff. Now the sad part is we can't keep all of them, and having heard from them, you're now going to get to vote on who stays and who goes. <laughs> That's not true. We're not doing that. Oh my. Hey, here is the challenge I do want to put in front of you, though. And it's about this week. It's about what do you do with what you've heard. Because the worst thing that could happen is if we go and say, man, we've got a great staff and they did a great message on the Lord's Prayer and nothing changes. But I want to just plant that seed. What would happen if all of us said this week, I'm going to dive in that way. I'm going to use this model of prayer that Jesus gave us. And day by day, I'm going to pray through portions of that prayer. I'm going to reflect on what I've learned and heard here this morning. And I'm going to pray in that way that Jesus taught us to pray. And I suspect that if you do that and if we do that, we're going to see this deep impact in our prayer life that's going to uh, light it up, it's going to enliven it, it's going to energize it, and we'll be drawn closer to the Lord than we have been before. And so I want to challenge you to do that and say, uh, I can't wait to hear what comes on out of that. So with that in view, I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer as we close here this morning. Heavenly Father, I am so grateful that when it comes to prayer, the idea of simply talking and sharing our hearts with you, that you didn't just kind of leave us out there on our own, but you gave us a model. You gave us some teaching. You, you showed us how it's done. And so, God, this week, as we do our best to step into that model and to pray through these kinds of things in the way that you've showed us to, God, would you meet us there? Would you give us a sense that you're with us in that moment, that we're not just going through a routine or a ritual, but there's something alive and vibrant and energizing about meeting you in that place of prayer. And God, as we do that, would you speak to us? Would you guide us and would you direct us in ways that lead us to help glorify you? In Jesus' name, amen. Next week, I want to let you know about a new series that we're going to be starting. It's called Vocation. Not vacation. We just did that over the summer. It's vocation. It has to do with the idea of calling, right? And some people, sometimes people hear that word vocation or calling, and they go, oh, yeah, that's when someone who didn't know that they were going to be a pastor of a church figures out that they're going to be a pastor of a church, and they're called into that. And that's for those people. And the, the basis of the series we're heading into is the real clarity that God gives us in his word that he doesn't just call church ministry people. He calls all people. That you right where you live, right where you work, right in your family, right where you spend your life and invest your energy, God has a calling for you to accomplish right there in that place that nobody else is going to get taken care of. And so it's important that you get in touch with that, that you identify with it and live into that. And so that's what we'll be talking about over the course of these uh, next several weeks. So I'm really excited. Maybe you want to invite someone from your workplace. That would be pretty cool as well. Just as we get ready to go, if you're new or newer to the church and are looking to kind of get connected a little bit, Pastor Mike will meet you right underneath the monitor over there for about five minutes for First Connect. Uh, if maybe you'd like someone to pray with you or pray for you about a situation that you're in or things that are going on, our prayer team will be over here on this side of the auditorium. They'd love to pray with you there. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your weekend.